And we are live. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Two Guys Talking Craft. I'll be joined by Jared in just a second from Actus Approach Craft Technique Toolbox. And my name's Adam and I'm from Unstoppable Acting Studio. And Jared shall just be... Hello everybody, just joining our live. How exciting. Hello, that was some magic tonight. That was like you just appeared as if by magic. <laughs> hello, hello everyone, and hello Jared. Hey, how was your day? It's been it's been all good. It's, it's bedtime here over in Scotland, and it's like <laughs> dinner time with you over there in New Jersey, right? How's your four day going? Yeah, for, uh, yeah, day's good. Yeah, I guess it's for it's dinner time. It's four o'clock. I guess it's it's dinner time if you're a senior citizen. And you go for the, uh, the early bird special, but yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what what do you call dinner over there anyway? I was trying to think of that. What, what would be? Did you say dinner? Is that what you yeah, call it? Dinner, yeah. yeah. Supper time, okay. dinner time, yeah. Right. We're just we're just getting annoyed with this language, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about acting. Let's just talk about how, how we refer to food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but thank you very much for joining us, everyone. And uh, we are now on to. Episode four, Jared. Can you believe it? We're we're, we're racing through these, these sessions. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, every two weeks we meet up here. We do uh, an Instagram live workshop with you, lovely people. Uh, which then we we put out as a podcast. We put on YouTube and things like that. So we're in various channels now as two guys talking craft. And we just want to thank you for all the support and excellent feedback we've been getting. And yeah, we're really excited for. Uh, the journey that we're going on with with you guys into the world of acting technique and craft, right, Jared? Absolutely. Great. Yeah, and what a bit what a better time to do it than now when we've got all this isolation and quarantine time. I think I, I've read a couple of times, Adam, that you've posted things like, uh, especially now, always work on your craft, and we've got so much extra time. Why not just dig in? You know. Actually, you Absolutely. know, last night, something to totally out of the blue. I've always wanted to learn uh, sign language. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, looking to, uh, I'm always looking to find ways to see the world a little bit differently to help inform my work. And uh, yeah, I've always had an interest in, in learning sign language. So last night I, I stumbled upon on YouTube like this beautiful series, maybe 20 or so episodes. And so I jumped into it and just started and, you know, figured, you know, let, let's just take some time to continue to build and grow and not just stay in one place. Totally. Putting yourself in that position of being a learner is, is an incredibly powerful thing, right? It keeps your brain yeah. ticking over in the, in the right yeah. direction. So if you're joining us, guys, do let us know what, what are skills, things that you've been learning with this bit of extra time we've all had on our hands recently. I'd be really interested to know and I guess the other thing to say is we love these sessions to be as interactive as possible so please be constantly commenting asking questions we love it we, lo we love all that stuff so so Jared what exactly are we talking about today in <laughs> well, what, what, what are we talking about today yeah <laughs> well I, uh, in honor of playing the reality of the moment, living truthfully moment to moment. I am yet again wearing my blue shirt in wonderful honor of my time studying the Meisner technique where we do a lot of repetition about blue shirt, blue shirt, blue shirt. So anytime that I, I know I'm going to be focused on 
living in the moment, staying present. I always associate blue shirt with it. So in reverence and honor to uh, our uh, our master teacher, Sandra oh, yeah. Meisner, here's a blue shirt. Oh, yeah, so yeah, Adam, this is all about how to really stay faithful and truthful and honest in the moment and not go off to some concept acting that has nothing to do with what the audience is experiencing in terms of the reality of what they're seeing. And I guess kind of within this as well, Jared, right? We're starting to dive into some distinctions and you know, you've got to be careful with this, but some distinctions as to what might be interpreted as bad acting, sort of quote unquote bad acting and, and, and sort of, you know, more realistic, truthful acting, right? That's just kind of the realm that we're looking at today as well. Would you say so? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is this, this thing, and we'll be talking a lot more about it today as we share these exercises, but a lot of performers and actors, they can take for granted the audience's radar to be able to read into a performance, to be able to look under the surface and yeah. like they haven't shown up to see, you know, just a reading of that script because they, they can do that at home. You know, if, if people are just given a literal reading of what, what the script is in front of them, they can take that script home, read it for themselves and stuff, but they really want to dive in and make up their own mind as to what, what is going on. And quite often actors maybe feel this this pressure to to share examples of what is going on rather than just live the moment and allow the audience to make up their own minds. Yeah, re really well said. Yeah, that the use of the, the radar, they know when they're being lied to, right? They, they know when the actor moves from listening and responding truthfully in the moment to sharing some sort of concept of what they maybe had rehearsed or maybe what they think the moment is supposed to be about. And in, in general, when an actor leaps away from just listening and responding with no necessary, necessarily feeling like they have an obligation to accomplish something, they're just living truthfully in the moment. When they leap past that reality and step on the gas from an emotional perspective because they had once rehearsed that particular scene as being very volatile, full of emotion, it's quite jarring to the audience because what's happening moments before doesn't make any sense with what comes next. And so hmm. the audience says, wow, you know, that, that actor is overreacting. They're overacting because it's not in line with what they're experiencing. And so well, it's actually it's a very selfish thing for the actor to do, making mm -hmm. their concept, their idea of what the moment is, what they believe the emotion of that moment is, more important than what the audience is actually experiencing. It's, it's quite selfish if you think about it. Self-serving, mm -hmm. hey, look at me. I, I can tell you what this moment is supposed to be about. I can, I can get really deeply angry or really deeply sad, and I can cry or I could get volatile. Um, mm -hmm. because that's mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be, you know, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But when that happens, um, the audience goes from being what, what I describe as being active emotional participants in the character's journey to being disconnected observers of some actor representing and presenting an idea of what the scene mm -hmm. is about. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just disappointing from an audience perspective, I think. Uh, what, what and, and, yeah, I, I totally, totally in agreement there. I, I think yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. And 
And also within that, hey, Brogan, we've got away from Brogan. Hi, Brogan. Um, also within that, it is the ego getting in the way. And, yeah. and, and I think as well, people, for some reason, don't equate to, that's how we survive day to day as human beings, that we're reading into these social cues, these norms from a human level, right? That is how we survive in society. Like we were trying to read into what's going on under the surface of what somebody's saying. So our radar has just been built in well, since like prehistoric times, right? Since like you're talking thousands and thousands of millions of years ago. Yeah, that's, that's how we survived. You know, that was what we needed to do to get food, to fit in with social groups. So as human beings, we can really, really read into social behavior. And as, as actors, like performing in front of an audience, it is no different for that audience looking at the actor's performance, you know? Um, so yeah, it's something we both feel passionate about. <laughs> for sure, and you, you, you brought up something that I know we, we've talked about offline too, which is a, a theory of congruence versus incongruence, where if the script is written in such a way where the words are angry words, as an example, the, the, the literal words are, are volatile words, then the typical congruent performance of that would be the actor lets the literal interpretation of the words lead them emotionally, and they deliver that particular moment with anger, right? And the audience then experiences, like you had said earlier, very much what they would experience if they were at home, you know, curled up on the couch reading the script by itself. However, when an actor delivers many moments of incongruence, where the words are angry, but they're being delivered in such a way that doesn't align with the emotion of anger, maybe there's some flirtation, or there's some um, a feeling of being alluring or playful. When you've got that inconsistency, that incongruent emotional state, then the audience, they experience something quite beautiful because they learn so much more about the character, the relationships and the circumstances because they hear what's going on, but they feel and experience something that's not lining up. And what that does to the audience is it, it hooks them and reels them in because they then lean in and say, something is, something's going on here and I need to understand why. And you have the audience in the palm of your hand when you're not so literal. And then when everything lines up congruent, we all go, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why they were being very flirtatious when the words were angry or something like that. But Absolutely. if you just simply play, you know, the congruent interpretation, then really the audience experiences, yeah, they probably have a, a nice time. The story was told. They enjoyed the they enjoyed the experience, but they didn't. They're not going to leave transformed, and that play is not going to like sit on them like a, like a film all over them for a couple of days and make them stop and think about it. They'll probably forget about it, right? So it's in those incongruent moments that you can really share the truth of what's going on. They they need to go on a journey with you, right? They need to go on a journey. You, you don't want to give them a trip. A trip's like this predictable, a linear thing. You want to go on a a journey that has loads of twists and turns in it. Um, just before we dive into these exercises, Jared, we have a question from Amy. Um, when you're acting and using emotional memory, how do you snap back out of that emotion? For example, if you're going to be angry, how do you get out of that emotion after the scene? Well, as an interesting, we could, we could really spend a bit of time <laughs> picking this apart, right? Um, and I guess we could touch the surface a little bit of this, Jared, right, just, just now? Um, yeah, I actually, I think that we can 
I'm, I'm giving some thought. I think we could actually tie it right into the topic. So Amy, a lot of times um, while Adam and I are, you know, staying on topic of what the, uh, um, this particular session is about, we get some really good questions that spark ideas about what future sessions will be. Um, and so, you know, today is all about the reality of the moment and not playing the concept. But I, I do think that your question can be woven into this topic. So I think what you're talking about here is if you're going to elevate your emotional life, by doing Strasberg's version of, as an example, emotion recall, emotion memory, which is the recreation of some past event in your life to rise you emotionally, and then you put that into the actual work, right? That's what we know as emotion memory. The challenge that actors can face when doing that is if the emotion that surfaces based upon the recreation, re-experiencing of their past event brings them, them to some place that aligns with what they believe the concept of the moment is, then the actor could fall victim to bringing an emotion to the stage based upon how they're feeling from their emotional recall experience that doesn't necessarily line up with how the other person in the moment is making them feel and thus making their emotional state and, and their journey to use emotion recall as a craft technique, which is a beautiful technique and I endorse and love and use it all the time. Um, but it, like many other techniques, could make you fall victim to the concept of the what the emotion should be versus the reality of it. So should you choose to use emotion recall to rise yourself emotionally, to be at the place that you believe is appropriate for the given circumstances, please just make sure that any like volume 10, volume one, really a level of emotion, just make sure that you're using the right emotional level appropriate for what's actually happening on the stage. So if the emotion recall experience makes you enraged and the concept of the scene is supposed to be enraged, but what the other person is actually doing is only slightly annoying, then you've got to make sure to dial that down a bit so that you don't come across as overacting, overreacting to that. Because the reality of the moment, like we said before, the reality of the moment is my emotional response should be based upon what's happening between the two people on the stage. And I'm only using my emotion recall experience to help me fulfill that truth, not in spite of that truth or uh, at the, at the truth's expense. Hmm. What do you think? Does that, Get close to I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's not much I can add to that, Jared. That is very comprehensive uh, answer for, for Amy there. And I guess there's the old Spider-Man saying, isn't it? With, with great power comes great responsibility. And you just have to <laughs> yeah. be responsible so for uh, the, how it's uh, The last part of her question is how do I get out of it, right? And so let's say I've used this emotion and, and I've brought myself way up here, but the scene really needs to be down here from an emotional perspective. How do I decrease that level? Well, I mean, this, this answer is so simple. You put 100% of your focus and attention on the other person, you get yourself out of the way, and you open up your heart and you become vulnerable to the reality of the moment. And that will create that right level of emotionality for the scene. That's how you back yourself out of it. You get yourself out of the way, you put 100% of your focus on the other person and allow yourself to be affected by them and then respond truthfully in the moment. Absolutely. More, uh, more Amy, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down or any other follow-up questions that may come out of that. I, I hope I, um, I hope I answered that and Adam answered that. Okay. 
Amy says, well, it was you, man. Yeah. Amy says, that's great information. Thank you very much. And just, yeah, as Jared was saying, drop us a message um, anytime in the chat or, or afterwards. So, Jared, let, let's start sharing some of these how-tos then. We've talked about the concept. We've talked about um, yeah. roughly what, you know, what we're going to be looking into today. Let's show yeah. these people how we can start to, to do these things with some exercises. And we, we want right. you guys to be joining in as much as you can with these things as well. We'll be uh, sharing you know, bits and bobs each, right? And there'll be some opportunities to sort of engage with the exercises as we do these throughout. What, Adam, well, what does that mean, bits and bobs? What is that? That's bits and bobs. Yeah. That is very much uh, a colloquialism from Scotland, I think. And it just means uh, some some parts, some odds, some parts. odds and sods would be another way to say it, you know? <laughs> Feel free to bring it stateside. I think it can be big. <laughs> bits, bits and bobs. Yeah, I, I, this is part, part, of, part of what I love is just learning you know, learning and connecting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's some bobs. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, shall we dive into one of these these monologues, Jared? Is that where we want to start? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that? Um, so, I, I had sent Adam two two monologues that are standalone pieces, and they're two different pieces. And you know, maybe we'll have time to do you know one, maybe two. It, it doesn't really matter. But I just wanted you to pick one of those two that initially spoke to you. You had a first impression about it. And my, my thought here is similar to how I talked before about the congruence and letting the literal interpretation of the words lead. And that having um, it, taking over at the expense of the reality of the moment. Right. And so even though some of these words may be volatile and angry or quite uh, intellectual and funny. Right. The given circumstances is what should lead you in terms of how you deliver that. So this is a standalone right now. We have no idea what this is or what it's from. So really all we're going to do is it's a first impression based upon how the words affect you. You'll, you'll share the monologue, whether you've memorized it or read it is, or your reading is ir irrelevant, right? And then you'll do it and then we'll just talk about it. And then I'll throw some curveballs at you to see how that affects you in terms of getting you as close as possible to the reality of the moment as opposed to the concept of the moment. Fantastic, excellent. And, and on that note, Jared, I did with this one, Jared and I, last week, Jared shared an hour long session with me on, on memory last week. And it was literally like a life changing, incredible, incredible moment. You, he has a book out about this as well. You need to check it out. But Jared, I did the exercises that you shared oh, with me yeah. in that session. And I, I memorized this thing in like 15 minutes. I have it in front of me just because I'm a little bit of we're changing about sure. the context and stuff. Yeah, I just yeah, need it for free. But oh my yeah, goodness, it's, it's good to hear. 15 minutes, I, it landed in my head. It's incredible. So thank you very much. I, 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 learned, I learned this in sign language last night. That's thank you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Um, shall I give it a whirl? Shall we give it a go? Sure. Cool. Dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic. That's what she called. Yeah. That's how she described me to Becky. Why is she talking to Becky anyway? Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. And I'm thinking, what distorted lens is she looking through to see me in that way? Disengaged. Look, I've known myself almost my whole life. And there ain't nobody that's called me disengaged. I engage. 
I'm an engager. Put something in front of me and I'll engage the heck out of it. Disengaged. Makes no sense at all. And volatile. That's ridiculous. I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that inner stuff locked up. So I don't get it. She says this hogwash to Becky, and now Becky thinks I'm nothing. Less than nothing. I'm pawn scum of these people. I'm dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic pawn scum. And there ain't nothing I can do about it, except embrace the new me. So here's to me, pawn scum Larry. Good old pawn scum Larry. <laughs> oh, poor pawn scum Larry. He's been through the ring. <laughs> so, if, so uh, first of all, thank you, right? Um, if I'm going to deconstruct that and look at it through a lens of craft, the emotionality behind most of that was darker and negative, and it had a gravity and a weight to it. It was as if, uh, let's say we're going to be using the Stanislavski technique of actions that we've talked about before. It's, I defend, I question, I stand my ground, I stand up for myself, you know, th these things. And it had a, a weight to it. And the reason why your first impression of the piece was that is because the literal interpretation of the words are negative. You're, the character is being attacked. His character is being questioned and he needs to defend himself. So if an actor looks at just the literal interpretation of the words and doesn't take into account the reality of the moment and the circumstances of the moment, what they're going to deliver is quite often not believable to the audience, right? So let's say, as an example, we don't know why, but let's say you're standing at the altar and these are your vows. And your beautiful, lovely wife has just read some amazing, beautiful vows to you, expressing how much devotion and love she has. And through these same words, I want you to share your commitment to her, your love for her, and how the world, it doesn't matter who they are or what they think about you, you're proud of who you are, and she accepts you who you are. How does that change what you just did, right? So take all of that and put it into the piece and do it again from that perspective. And I'll be your beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> money, money to wink, Jared, but it's, uh, I'll imagine, I'll imagine. <laughs> use your, yeah, use your senses. <laughs> Here we go. Dysfunctional, volatile, narcissistic, disengaged. That's what she called me. That's what she called me to Becky. Yeah. Why is she even talking to Becky? Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. I mean, what kind of distorted lens is she looking through to see me in that way? Disengaged. I've known myself almost my whole life, and ain't nobody called me disengaged. I engage. I'm an engager. 
put something in front of me and I'll engage the heck out of it. And disengaged. It just don't, it don't make no sense at all. I'm volatile. That's ridiculous. I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that inside stuff locked up. So I don't get it. She says this hogwash to Becky and, and Becky thinks I'm nothing. Less than nothing. I'm pawn scum to these people. I'm dysfunctional. Volatile, disengaged, narcissistic pawn scum and there's nothing I can do about it but embrace the new me. So here's the me. Pawn scum Larry. Yeah, and that was that was beautiful. <laughs> I feel like we made a connection there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it over here. Yeah, that, that, that energy crossed the pond, Adam. Right. So, yeah. so that, that was tender and sincere and sensual, and there were sexual innuendos throughout. It was it was <laughs> us against the world, right? There was a calmness yeah. to it, and. Yeah. You didn't fall victim in that reading of playing the literal. You played the reality of the moment because of the circumstances that I, you know, that I put you in. You immediately allowed those words to mean something else. Everything had subtext. Everything had another meaning because of the circumstances. And because at least in this um, in this setting, you were imagined response about what your wife was doing in that moment listening to you share your heart and and own you know all of your faults <clears throat> so it was beautiful and so so different and right and so if i said to you like okay we won't but if i said to you you know do, do it again and what i want you to do is as if you're, you're sitting teaching a class of kindergartners uh reading a, a picture book a storybook <clears throat> and maybe you know maybe do a couple of lines like that as if as if it's you telling them like a nursery rhyme of some kind you know and you want to entertain them right and it's just before nap time you want to leave them you know you want to leave them on a beautiful note so they can have a beautiful rest in the middle of the day lovely let's uh start a book here here we go yeah. if you listen to a podcast i'm holding up a book right now here we go <laughs> Dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic. That's what she called me. Yeah. That's how she described me to Becky. Why is she talking to Becky anyway? Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. And I'm thinking, what distorted lens is she looking through? So that's how she sees me. All right, so I'll stop you there. That was a beautiful yeah. moment there at the end. Like that was a, that was a teacher in you coming out. We've got a big word now. Distorted. What does distorted mean, right? And so all of a sudden, now a whole point of view, a whole character, um, a whole message comes out, and you're not falling victim to the literal words, right? You're playing the reality of the moment based upon the circumstances and the relationships, and because of that because of that adam we the audience learn so much more about mm -hmm. you the character the relationships the circumstances than if you just did the literal 
Mm, mm. No, absolutely. And so it's it's so important for actors to realize that they should be very careful. You must have a first impression about the piece. Mm -hmm. it, it must trigger you in such a way, and it, and it must spark something in you, but mm -hmm. never at the expense of the reality of the moment. Your first impression may be the very best and only decision that is right for you. However, if in the reality of the moment, what's being done to impel your response doesn't justify your first impression of the piece, then you just mm -hmm. need to be careful that you don't make you your first impression and your concept of what the piece is supposed to be about more important than the reality because the audience like we said before has no expectation they don't know what it's supposed to be they just see the other person lovingly standing in front of you or wide-eyed in front of you hmm. and you have to be hmm. truthful in that moment to respond with the reality of how they're making you feel and not go off into well this is supposed to be an angry monologue so even though they're not being mean to me i'm going to do it angry because that's what it's supposed to be hmm. Hmm. no definitely, definitely. yeah and I'll maybe share a bit of a window as to how that, how that felt as well, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was quite, it was quite interesting, yeah, just the, the feeling of it, but yeah, 100% concurrent with all of that. Uh, before we do, with Noreen, has just joined us, uh, Jared, hey, uh, Noreen, good to see you. Uh, Jared, you guys are doing some workshops right now every Tuesday in September, right? There's two more workshops to go. Two right more. Yeah. Two more. Yeah, next Tuesday. Uh, so tune in guys I, I i yeah i've been watching these tuning in they are invaluable so please please do but thank you Noreen, for yeah. joining us thank you everybody for joining us um so that last exercise um I, from an actor's point of view what, what i felt there was what i was trying to do was try and stay present with the the situation that, that you presented me right because i had this almost preset way of looking at it it, it does feel like that sort of reprogramming situation almost, yeah? Like, like I'm completely right. moving, shifting my, my brain, my thoughts. And it felt like unlocking a key, you know, like trying to find your your key to the lock in the in the dark. And I felt that some moments were, were hitting and some moments because I had this, and I'm just being completely honest, like where, where I was with it, because I had this preconceived feeling yeah. with it after going through it a couple of times and things, I wasn't as direct with getting that key in the lock as I as I could have been. You know what I mean? So like I felt like I was. That's so. It's a really yeah. important uh, teaching moment. So whenever I I have an actor that has prepared a monologue and they know the lines, they they're they're great with them, and I throw a different interpretation at them to explore just for you know just for an exploration, not that it's right or wrong. A lot of times when the actor is being a really good actor and a really good student and faithfully trying to apply the technique and explore and discover something new, they forget the lines that they know perfectly because it reveals to them that they're in a very specific pattern of doing the piece. And by having a different perception on it, that pattern is broken and they can't find their path back to that particular line. So whenever I'm teaching and an actor that I know knows their lines, forgets their lines, I'm very happy because it just mm -hmm. tells me that they're applying the work, you know, and they're actively trying to discover something new. I love that. Yeah, yeah I know 100%, 100%. And it's interesting, you know, because I think you got me a couple of weeks ago on another episode that we did, 
um, to be playing around with a piece of text that, you know, maybe I hadn't spent as much time to try and familiarise myself with and stuff. And that felt a lot more freer, you know. So it is just this thing, isn't it, of once you get into that stage of familiarising yourself a bit more with the text and yeah. stuff and getting that preconceived idea, I guess you have to know it really quite well as well, don't you? Like to, um, to be able to play. Yeah, to be able to play. To be able to play and play around yeah. with it. And I, I, I feel that's there's a question here. Um, so it says, please say it again in one sentence. Um, I'm not sure what, what that means. If you, if you could just um, clarify it and we'll, we'll address it. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Please do. Uh, but that was wonderful. Yeah. Was I, I, so your experience was because of the circumstances and the different circumstances, your reality changed and you became faithful. You, you put more faith in the circumstances and your investment in the imaginary world of the, of the reality of that imaginary moment instead of your concept of what those words are supposed to be about. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why it was beautiful. That's why somebody earlier wrote, uh, um, something about the oceans we're we're rocking with that um, <laughs> yeah yeah the ocean rocked the boat yeah you, we were all feeling that you were all you were bringing the heat does that guy want to be my agent whoever that was thank you i appreciate that yeah uh okay so i i liked don't fall victim to the words a lot i'll keep that in mind okay yeah that, it's true right it's you you get so enamored with the, the poetry of the words, the emotionality of the words, and you fall victim to just being faithful to just those words. But th there are, there's a living, breathing person standing right across from you that is just as worthy of your attention. Oh, yeah, and, that, and that, that, a, that's what I'm constantly doing there as well, which trying to realign myself, especially on that one you were saying, imagine me, you know, I'm your wife and you're telling me these things, these are the vows and stuff like that. I'm constantly realigning with, with you. I'm, I'm sort of bringing my attention to you, bringing it back to you, bringing it back to you constantly. Whenever I'm feeling lost or distracted or that I'm going off, bring it back to you. That's, that's the big, big one. On that and so well. that answers the question earlier about what's it, we're doing the emotion recall and my emotion is here. How do I, you know, sort of back it down? It's it. You put your full attention on the other person and you allow yourself to be open and vulnerable based upon how they're making you feel that's living truthfully in the moment or right? that's the essence of the meisner uh, technique is you don't do anything unless the other person makes you do it how you feel doesn't depend on you it depends on the other person live moment to moment without any pre-planning that's hard to do and quite scary mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's not to say it's it's a simple thing right because it's easy to go in with a concept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard to have the faith and walk the you know that that uh that wire and just say look mm -hmm. we're, we're in this together it's you and me and i'm we're, we're gonna lock eyes and we're gonna tell this story as faithful as we mm -hmm. can that's that's scary right that, it's that's vulnerability the, that's the brave is vulnerability but that's the bravery that we actors have which yes. by the way that, that's part of my next week's blog Love it. you'll see that, that yeah you'll see that post tomorrow about what next week's blog is yes man um and, and I guess right, talking about roles, you become the teacher. Yeah, right? yeah, hundred percent. I, like, I think talking about hey. vulnerability, uh, we're going to switch roles. Jared is going to be our actor for this next exercise. Um, but it is Jared. Jared is going to be performing in essence here. Like, like it is going to be a bit of a performance. It's more of an acting exercise we're going to do. But it's very much an interactive exercise that we want you guys to get involved in, and we want you to be reading in uh, to what Jared is doing here. 
Okay, we're, we're going to go to another Meisner quote that uh, an ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words, right? That behavior is so, so, you know, valuable to your, you as an actor, yeah? And you really need to embrace that and believe in that. And a lot of people believe in this idea in theory and they understand it intellectually that, yes, we can read into behavior. Yes, as an audience member, I can watch an actor's behavior and take something from that. But it's another leap to actually do it. And, and, and to sort of see it in action as well. And it, and it does force you to exactly what Jared's saying is to open up and be brave and, and be vulnerable and trust that what you're doing is enough, that you can have this inner life swimming around you, this thing going on inside of you that the other audience can just read into what you're doing, that you don't need to present, you don't need to show, you don't need to impose, that you can just share the reality that's going on in your head Trust it to embed itself into your body, into your mind, into your imagination, and let the audience make up their own mind as to, to what is going on. So Jared and I, like like spies earlier on, I sent out Jared on a secret mission. And I purposely sent this to Jared about 30 minutes. Can you vouch for that, Jared? This information yes, was sent to you about 30 I minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we did this session. Uh, this evening because I didn't want Jared to have any great amount of time to prepare this because I didn't want anybody thinking that Jared has spent a whole day kind of working on any emotional memories that you might be bringing up here or anything like that to present this exercise to you guys tonight, right? Um, and what it is, is it going to be a letter writing exercise. Jared is simply going to engage in the task of writing a letter in a little minute, okay? Now, he has been given some set scenarios from myself. I don't know which one he's picking. So I'm in this exercise as much as you guys are. I'll be reading in this behavior, try to figure out what is going on underneath the surface with Jared here. All Jared is going to focus on is whatever scenario he has been presented with of who he is writing the letter to. He's just going to engage in the simple act of writing the letter to that person. That is all we're going to ask him to do. He is not going to speak any words. He's not going to do anything else superfluous other than you've got a piece of paper there, Jared, and a pen. Is that right? Yeah. He's, very, he's just going to be writing stuff down into that letter. Now, what I want you guys to do that are watching, I want you to really read into what is going on with Jared. We will go completely silent for a little while. So if people are just joining the, the chat in the middle of this, this is a bit of a dull Instagram live. But we'll go completely silent. I just want you to hone in on everything that you see within Jared. And, and then I'll ask you to share some thoughts on what behaviors you notice, what things you notice Jared doing. Before we do, Jared, I know you're getting ready to rumble there. And um, we have, I think it's Bison, I hope you, we're saying your name right, Bison, or, or Machu, I think it might be Machu. Um, so basically to escape the literal, you can imagine imaginary circumstances which go a bit against the text. Do we have to do that systematically to avoid the literal in dialogues too? So is there, I think what Matthew's saying here is, should we be looking at this all of the time? Like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you must always be reverent and faithful to the text and the imaginary circumstances of the script especially when, when you're performing, right? It, it, it's, it is also selfish to just go off and, and for the sake of being incongruent and different, creating some other scenario just for the purposes of not having it be congruent. That's not the point here, right? 
what you do, even though in those incongruent moments, it still needs to be within the context of the relationship in the, in the given circumstances of the script. So from a systematic perspective, you need to do proper script analysis. You need to have a proper character analysis, relationship analysis. You need to know what you are fighting for, where you've come, where you're going, what you want, how you're going to go about getting what you want. And however you feel about that needs to be what flows. Right. And so from a systematic perspective, you have to do the good work of character analysis, script analysis, like I just said don't just arbitrarily pick something you know that it's a very heated argument but uh, you know just for the purposes of being different i'm going to just uh, irreverently mm. pick and disrespectfully pick uh, uh, i'm going to flirt that's not the point right that's that's just disrespectful and mm. and i don't I, I think you know matthew since we spoke and i i know that you know what you're doing um i know that's not even what you're thinking about but i bring that mm. up just so that, uh, that others know you still have to stay faithful to the world of the the script faithful to the relationship in some way but you don't have to be so literal right it, yeah. you can find the subtext i hope uh you know matthew i, I hope that i uh, i answered that okay if you ask give me a thumbs up if not just write another question and um when i'm done being the actor here we'll, we'll come back and address it don't go bold for bold <laughs> sake right don't just be crazy for the sake of, of being yeah. crazy but yeah. much as a thank you there thank you um right so Jared, i'll give you a couple of minutes so you get back in, back into the the actor role here um, so we're flipping, constantly flipping from actors and coaches yeah um so if you just joined us a couple of people just joined us there in a second jared will be taking part in this letter writing activity and we just want you to read into the behavior of jared what you see him doing what you're what you're um, looking into and what we'd like you to do is drop in the comments things that you're noticing things that you're noticing about his behavior as he's writing this letter and what we want you to start piecing together as well and trying to bring the the puzzle pieces together is who might he be writing this letter to as well okay so noticing his behavior who might he be writing this letter to? so jared it's going to go quiet for a little bit we'll just leave you to it and like when when you're done what you're wanting to do this just finishes so no no time pressures or anything okay so um okay. over to you okay you got it So as you watch Jared, feel free to drop in the comments anything that you're noticing in his behavior right now. Did you see any changes in his behavior? Have you noticed any subtle shifts in what he's doing? Let us know. Have a look at his hands, look at his face.
So thank you very much for sharing these thoughts. <laughs> Let us know what you're observing. What you're and maybe you want to start thinking okay, as I'm well. <laughs> Who is your editor's letter to you? I really want to hear this letter. You don't have to share the letter, of course. You really don't have to share that. But you were having a whale of a time there. We all were watching you yeah. share that letter. Yeah, a lot of memories were popping in. It's bloody hilarious, right? Um, so let's 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 uh, review what some people were noticing there, Jared. Thank you very much for sharing. You certainly weren't giving us a concept of a moment. You were just living that moment. You were just writing that letter and just uh, getting getting lost in it, getting lost in it. It was really compelling, really engaging to watch there. Um, so we have Indra. Welcome, Indra. Good to see you again, buddy. Um, he was deep in thought and smiling. Uh, Alvin, that's a good question. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, Indra also noticed you're laughing. That was really interesting. I noticed your hand throughout that, Jared. You were writing fast. You were very enthusiastically writing. It was like your pen couldn't move quick enough. You were loving getting to the next line and the next line and the next line, right? It was definitely, it seemed quite a, a joyful, exciting thing for you as you were writing there. Is that is that would that be true to what was going on inside? Something that was joyful, exciting. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. A, lot, a lot of um, like retrospectively, just ridiculously stupid things that happened that are just you know looking back thirty plus years, it, we were just so stupid. And it was <laughs> fine. <laughs> be intrigued says he was initially partially stuck with what words to use but then he found the correct vernacular to pay i think that's very very observant be intrigued because when you started your lips were quite pursed you were quite still it was as if you were in deep in thought of how how do i kick this off a bit a bit like we all are right when we start right putting pen to paper and then you really found your flow with it and we just saw the smile sort of appear across your face and it just yeah turned the whole exercise on its head from there on in um, at first he was writing a letter, oh, this this person, Builder Boost, I think, um, is, is starting to predict what who you might be writing the letter to, Jared. So at first he was writing a letter to his neighbour to keep care of his stuff while he is gone. And then he mentioned <laughs> something personal, additionally, and then he thought about that mention thing. I get that thing, I get, that, get what your point was there, um, Builder, in, in that, oh, and, and one more thing, one more thing. You, you kind of was having fun with it. It was like you was building on top of these ideas as you were, you were writing. Is that, is that true? It was like, oh, that popped in my head sort of thing, yeah? Well, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, it, no, it wasn't my neighbor. It was uh, an experience with a friend. And I was just remembering the confrontation and just the uh -huh. stupidity between, uh, between the two of us. Lovely. Um, and I just, I was remembering, uh, oh, then this happened. Oh, and, and then this happened. And I can't believe that you did that. I can't believe I did that. And, yeah. Lovely, lovely. Um, Noreen thought it was quite a positive letter. And uh, hey, we'll, 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 I guess we'll pick that apart and find that out in a little minute. Uh, be intrigued. You found, you found a rhythm with it. His thoughts were clear and flowing by the end of it. I think all very, very good points. And. I guess before you share, Jared, just, the, just yep. exactly what your process was, what you were going through there, what you were thinking about, I hope this is quite a powerful message to, to you guys watching. And it may be one you already have experienced and been in the process of doing yourself. But that Jared there was literally had a pen and a piece of paper. And just look how much life, how much of a story, how much of his behavior we were able to pick up on and read as as an audience, you know, and it's an incredibly, incredibly powerful 
thing, you know. He didn't feel the pressure to share any of it to us. I mean, I still don't fully know what the situation was, but I did feel a connection to Jared. And if you felt a connection to Jared, maybe put a thumbs up or a little yup. Like, I felt I knew, oh, I've, been, I've been through that before. I've been through that emotion. I've been through that feeling. And exactly what Jared was talking about at the start of today's session it is that hooking of like, oh, I want to find out more about this, this guy. Like, what, what's going on at the surface? Because I understand that emotions. I understand that feeling. Like, but what's the overall sort of picture here, you know? Um, so I hope this is a really powerful exercise to show you guys just how small you can be with with what is going on and still deliver a whole world of color and picture and not just have it all swimming inside of you you know um so jared yeah. i guess we're all on tender hooks here we're all on the edge <laughs> of our seats do you want to give us a bit of context as sure, to what was sure, going sure. There? uh the, the the teacher in me wants to just make one comment that about this that um regardless of everything that you attempt to do the audience is the final playwright and if you as an actor um, just give yourself the freedom to know that you're not in control ultimately the audience is going to interpret whatever they want to interpret however they want to interpret based upon you know their life experience and you're never going to hit a bullseye of what you intend to do for every single person you just got to give yourself the freedom to not care about that stuff because the audience is the final playwright they're going to make the decision what it's about you know um yeah i got into in high school very very close friend i got into a a fight with um yeah with a very close friend about a girl and uh i got dressed up in my my flannels and my work boots and i was we were gonna fight and there's no way i was gonna win this fight <laughs> but i was i was confronting him and and the confrontation that we had um when i approached him uh at the beginning of school it, we both realized that it wasn't going to end well for me so i was just recalling all of the steps between you know between that and um apologizing for the stupidity and thanking him for his friendship and looking forward to reconnecting soon so and it was I, like, those... I didn't know where it was going um like i knew what i wanted to talk about but i didn't i didn't have all of the memories and then i think once i start once those memories started to flood back that's when i like i, I found myself like actually talking it while i was writing it um you know speaking the words while i was writing and not for you but for me because it just sort of felt right for me to, yeah. to talk the words while i was doing it uh, but yeah that's, that's how a lot of us write as well right that's that's how a lot of us write in the, the process is just literally speaking the words and putting them down on paper yeah. um yeah, yeah, it, sure. it's really really interesting I just, so i guess out of those options was that writing to somebody that you've not spoken to for a long long time was it that one mm -hmm. that you picked yeah yep. so if, if, if you want to try this exercise at home guys um here's and you're taking some notes here's some like ones that you can try right i gave, I gave jared a couple of options uh one of them was to write a letter to a company that's maybe really pissed them off like quite a you know a formal letter that was one option uh, an apology letter to somebody because uh, somebody a loved one because he's broken something that means quite a lot to them accidentally broken an item so like an apology letter uh, a letter to somebody a long, long that he's not spoken to for a long, long time. Uh, another one was a letter to somebody who he no longer speaks to, and I can't remember my fifth one to be honest. It's it's gone gone out of my head, but there we go. Always taking notes, says Nareen. That's what we like yeah. to see, Nareen. Top of the class. Well done, well done, Nareen. <laughs> she's she's a quality student. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I I thought that was really interesting, Jared, because. Oh, 
a letter to somebody who you hadn't spoke to a long, long time ago, we really got the waves of the emotion there in terms of like, you started off being like how, it was like you were aligning with what is my relationship with this person? What is, how can I reconnect with this person in the best way? What is some memories that are, and then you connected with the memories and we got this wealth of warmth, which I guess kind of going back to your discussion about the literal and, and sort of like, you know, going yeah. down a slightly different route with things like, I guess if you were literally playing that, you might be really nostalgic. You might be just really, you know, deep in thought. If you were giving us a literal interpretation, almost a sort of imposed version of that yeah. letter, mm -hmm. you'd maybe lost deep in thought. But there, because he connected with something that was really quite truthful, quite real, we got yeah. this real warmth and, and, and this memory, as you say, was from years and years and years ago, just started bubbling up inside of you and become this joyful experience, which was lovely, lovely to watch, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, you didn't necessarily well, go for the... Fun to yeah, do for sure. <laughs> it's actually, it's, make, it's making me frustrated. Like I, I want to be back in class, taking classes, working with actors, just getting up and, and working. It's, uh, it's making me realize how frustrated I am being locked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man. But, um, Give us a little window then, Jared, because you, you told us like sort of what you were thinking about, but how was that as an exercise for you as an actor? Were there any struggles? Were there any, did it come quite easy? Like, how did, how did you feel from an acting point of view? Uh, well, it was a lot of fun. I'll give you that. Um, the struggles that I um, had, mm, no, I, I, I wasn't struggling. What I was focused on was really thinking about the message that I wanted to write. So in, in the premise of this, uh, you know, episode four about playing the reality of the moment, I was really thinking about the fight, the relationship, um, the last time that we spoke and what message I wanted to uh, write to him so that it would trigger a response. And so I was just staying as present as I could. And then once those retrospective, um, you know, looking back at just how, I was not a very strong kid and I thought I was going to be able to beat up a very strong kid. And uh, just thinking back on, on that um, and that I got dressed up in the costume to beat up, right? You know, work boots and flannels and, you know, all of that just, it struck me as really funny. And so I, I allowed the reality of the moment of me looking back at, at me as a, you know, like a 14 year old kid, 15 year old kid, how stupid I was and enjoying the stupidity and just allowing that uh, the reality of that to affect me right now in the moment. So yeah, no, no real struggles, but just really enjoying being present with it and connecting to it and having all the images flow. So and I guess there's a pattern. Yeah, there's a pattern there from what you're saying, just picking apart a little bit further, something you said just a little bit earlier about your experience as an actor there. It was very similar to my experience with your exercise. It was bringing your attention to the other person. You were bringing your attention to that person you were yep. wanting to communicate with. You weren't getting in your head and getting lost in thoughts and trying to contrive a situation and control it. You were thinking of that person and just letting it all flow, you know? And like, that's where I felt, you know, tonight as well, when I was most engaged with your exercise, where I was able to actually direct it to Take a person. Focus off you, yeah, I mean, that, that's and, when and it gets just fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Acting yeah. is reacting. Yes, yes, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, there were a few questions. We had a question. Uh, yeah, I guess we, we've, we've successfully, what we've done tonight, Jared, has left us some time. I think we got like four, three, four minutes. Yeah. I know. So, um, so uh, that is kind of the end of the exercises we're going to share. Let's take some questions. So Alvan 
says, yeah. hi guys, where did you learn the Meisner technique from? So, uh, my first exposure was at a performing arts high school. Um, and then I studied for a couple of years in New York City at a place called Duality Playhouse. Spent some time out west at Playhouse West. So I had some really, really good experience. Really good teachers, really good training. Um, for me, it was uh, when I went to drama school, uh, Rose Bruford College. They were heavy, heavy into um, introducing us to in our acting classes. That was, that was the sort of 101. <laughs> The beginner stages um, of just looking at Meisner as the foundation uh, to where we built all our act and work from. So, I had some great teachers there as well. But it's, it's like anything, right? Just a practice. It's something that you can do for a little while, but you yeah. need to keep going back to it and keep practicing it and keep that exercises going. Um, I've lost some of these questions. Talks so about uh, subtext. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes a correct. topic yeah. for a, uh, yeah, sure. Well, Adam, let's put it yeah. on the list. Let's talk about subtext. Yeah, we, we, we've done a little bit on subtext, just a, a tiny bit. We did a Stanislavski session on episode two, so you can check that out on, uh, what's it, right now it's on the Unstoppable Acting YouTube, and it's on our Two Guys Talking Craft podcast, so you can check that out as well. Um, lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you very much for the lovely feedback, people. Um, yes, Nareen, we'll get, we'll get on our social media game. Noreen, yours is strong. Respect, respect to your social media game. Uh, be intrigued. Says I love the authenticity, the bravery, um, and to expose part of your own story. No, thank you very, very much. Yeah, you definitely look yourself yeah. vulnerable in the moment in that exercise there. Um, but we, we, we want to thank you guys very, very much for joining us tonight. Jared, we'll be back in two weeks, right, for episode mm -hmm. five. Yeah. Um, so we look forward to that. We're making some plans behind the scenes for you guys. And in the meantime, these guys can catch us, Jared, as a, as a pair, right, on, on that YouTube, on the Unstoppable Acting Studio YouTube for now, and Two Guys Talking Craft podcast, if you want to look back at any of the previous episodes, we've got links to that on our link trees and our bios on Jared's website uh, coming up, and um, you can find me, well, you found me, you're on Instagram. Jared, where can people find yourself? Uh, Instagram, so Actors Approach, and then uh, my website with um, my acting craft tool, uh, it's uh, actorsapproach.com, and there's a, a whole tool that teaches 45 hours of acting craft techniques across 375 videos, so feel free to check that out and you know, direct message me or email me if you have any questions. And if you missed that info earlier on, Jared will be on the With Nareen show on Tuesday next week. Uh, right, Jared? What, what, what's the times for that? What times are going uh, on? 11 o'clock uh, East Coast uh, on Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, and then also on the 29th. Uh, Nareen, uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, share some acting craft with your followers. So we're talking next week about fulfilling relationship obligations, and we've got some really clever and effective acting craft techniques that are going to help bring to life relationship. And I'm going to put Noreen to work. <laughs> and you've got to be checking out what Noreen is doing on a regular basis, people. Uh, she is doing all sorts of conversations, Lots interviews of with yeah. actors, artists, so do check that out as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, it means a huge amount to us. We really appreciate all the support and uh, you guys being with us. You're giving a Queen's wave this evening, Jared. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's different. We do about that. Or is Beyonce? It's Beyonce, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. There's a couple of shades between being the Queen and being quite regal and being Beyonce. All right. Yeah. We've got 30 <laughs> seconds left. It's counting us down. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> we'll see you later, people. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thanks, everybody. See you after. Thanks, Jared. Thanks so much, man. See you later.
Bye now.